Hello, hello, and welcome to Resale Queen Chronicles. I am Tiffy T, the Resale Queen, your host. And today's topic is, we're going to continue from last week's topic. Uh, after last week's show, I got a couple emails with a few questions and I responded to some, but I think these questions are beneficial uh, to all of my viewers and listeners. So last week, if you are not familiar with what we talked about, I went over what to do with inventory that is damaged or broken, or if you are uh, buying like a salvaged pallet or something of that sort, what to do with the product. And I think a lot of people, they know what to do when something's working, but they don't know what to do when something's not working. And I hopefully I gave a nice uh, summary of what you should do, but we did get a few questions. So just wanted to let you guys know how to reach me. You can always email me at info at resellqueen.com, which is where I got most of these questions from. Uh, my website is www.resellqueen.com. There uh, you can see um, everything that I'm doing. <laughs> I have lots of things on, on the website, uh, lots of different. Um, I have a, uh, a store on the website for um, ebooks and e-courses. If you would like to take a look at that, always feel free to take a look at that. Also, um, have I have listed my ebooks? I have some more ebooks that will be coming out towards the end of this month. Hopefully, I can get all of that done so I can uh, send that stuff out and let that be available to you guys. Also, by the end of the month, we will be having another reseller kit sale. Uh, the last time uh, this happened, we sold out very quick. Uh, way faster than I thought we would. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot of people that would buy one and they got one, saw the money in it or started making money in it and said, I need another one. And by that time, they were gone. So I like to make sure that whenever I sell things like that, that you get to see the money in it. I don't want to sell you something that you're not going to make your money back and than some. That's, that's just how, how I like to do it. So I'm going to roll right into the, some of the questions that I got. Um, I have, I got some of the same questions that were sort of like the same subject matter. So uh, first question uh, was, great that I can sell parts, but how do I know which parts? Now, I think I may have went over this last week, but I may have done it really too fast. So let me just break down what we do. So what we what we like to do, we go on eBay and you search for the product that you have and you put parts and pieces. I like to just say parts. That way you can see what other parts are trending for that particular item. Now you may have a part that's not listed there that doesn't mean you shouldn't list it. Maybe it means that it gets sold quickly or maybe there just isn't any available at that time. So you want to use eBay as your resource on what parts you uh, you want to list for 
for resale uh, when you do a parts and pieces. It's, this is something that will take some time. It's not going to be something that you're going to figure all of this out within five, 10 minutes. There is going to be some research that you'll need to do. Um, like I said last week, you do want to check like some YouTube videos to help you with how to disassemble um, the product that you have or a product that's close to what you have. I happen to have a person in my life that's very comfortable with this. So disassembling a product, um, he feels very comfortable with, my husband does. But even from time to time, if he's unsure or wants to see someone else do it before he does it, he will go to YouTube to see if someone else will do it. And then that way he can look at how they did it and go, oh, I wouldn't have did it that way. Uh, I'm going to do it this other way. So that way he doesn't mess up the, the item that we have. So I'll, that's one thing that, that you can do. Um, go on YouTube first, search on how to disassemble, then use eBay as your resource to know the parts, to know what parts, you know, are really sellable that people are actually going to buy. Um, if you happen to see a part, or should say, if you happen to have a part that you don't see on eBay, that doesn't mean it's not going to be something that isn't going to sell. Maybe it's something that people don't really need with that particular item, but you just never know. It, or it just, it just may not have any available. It's eBay for a lot of people, and I know of myself included, if I have something that is broken or damaged and I just want to see how much something's going to cost to make my product whole again, I go straight to eBay. eBay is the place to go for that. So that gives me my determination of, okay, should I just buy this part that goes with it or should I just sell it the way that it is? And I use that to make my determination on, on what I'm going to do. So use eBay as your resource when you're trying to do which parts that, that you want to sell. That's my, my best advice. And But just because you don't see it there doesn't mean it may not be needed. It just may not be on that platform at that time. But you can, you can take a look to see what is trending for that particular item. So for example, let's say um, I have a coffee maker you want to see how much the carafe costs. Just do a, a Google, a Google search, an eBay search um, for the name brand, the model number, all of that pertinent information that would be like on the box. You want to do a search for that so you can make sure that you have the right one. Also, if you can find what the product was supposed to look like, meaning you know which place it was liquidated from, then you can normally find that product on that what on their website. It may not be available for purchase, but you may be able to find information on that product. If you have a barcode that you can use, everyone, I think I've talked about this before. You can use a you can uh, search the barcode, and that will give that should give you some information about the product. You can see like the original. Uh, listing of what it looked like when it first hit the internet. So that is where I would start is I would start with eBay 
do a very, very, very um, broad search, not broad. Um, you want to actually search with the name brand, model number, all of that information. So that way you can see what are the parts that people are selling. So you can see what you have and what you don't have. Hope that helps. Uh, if you have any more questions, you guys know how to reach me. Um, this person, actually, I had two people kind of asking the same variation of this question, which was, will my parts sell quickly or will they sit forever? The short answer is, I don't know. It's all according to the market's need of how, um, well, to say the market's need and your pricing of if it's going to sit forever or if you're going to make your money back quickly. Um, I can't tell you that it's not going to take three months, three years. I know for a fact, I believe about... Mm. This is pre-COVID, so you know it's about two, three years ago. My husband bought a pallet full of broken TVs, and I think we still are selling stuff from that pallet every now and again. Something from that broken pallet, the broken TV pallet, comes up again every now and again. And we kind of just look at it and laugh because, I mean, we've already made the money back on that pallet, but it's something that I didn't really have to market, had the right price, had had it available, and you're, it's, it's sitting there making a little bit of money for me. If you have lots of parts and a lots of pieces, it could be a daily grind of having a lot of shipments. If that's what, if that's the um, the process or the makeup of of your reselling business, there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, there's people that do pretty well selling parts and pieces. I can tell you, for us, we have one eBay account that is just parts and pieces. And you may say, why do you have everything so separated? I need that for me, and also like that for accounting purposes. So I know which eBay account is actually profitable and bringing in the most money and things like that. So that is my answer, my long answer to that. Um, it's all, I mean, it's all going to be according to what you have. You never know. You could list something and someone's TV could go out that night, or maybe their kid hits hits the the uh, coffee maker and something breaks. It's all could just be the magic of the timing. So the only thing I can I would say is don't expect it to be quickly. If you expect it to not be quick and it is quick, then you're happy. Right? So that's sort of like the uh, the saying of I like to under promise and over deliver. So that way I give you the lowest set of expectations. So when it does do something great, you're happy. And that's really what I would say when it comes to parts. And I have, okay, I got like two more questions. So, all right, so this person asked, if I disassemble a product, won't it void the warranty? Yes. 
and I'm not going to say mostly or sometimes just yes, it is going to void the warranty. That is why that is your last resort. Um, most manufacturers' warranties, like we discussed last week, is only going to cover functionality issues. It's not going to cover physical damage. So what does that mean? Let's say there is a button that when you hit it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So if you hit the off switch and that doesn't work, if um, the volume on a TV doesn't work, if when you have an iron and you hit the steam button and it doesn't work, those type of things, that's a function of that particular product. Physical damage, most most manufacturing warranties are not going to cover that. Just expect that they're not. If they happen to cover it and you get someone that says, yeah, sure, we'll cover that, great. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that person. All of that. Because I know for a fact there have been times when we've tried to do certain things and it's just didn't work. So if it's a physical issue, an example of a physical issue, um, I'm going to use the coffee maker and the carafe, the thing that the liquid goes in, it breaks, falls on the floor and it shatters. That may not be covered because it's physical damage. But if there's like a crack in it, um, if for some reason the uh, burner doesn't uh, heat up or doesn't turn off, that might be covered because it's a functionality issue with the product. Um, so I'm just trying to give you a couple examples to kind of help you with your thought process if you ever come across these type of issues or something close to it so that you can understand where the warranty company is going to is coming from if they approve or decline and they may even um give you um they may troubleshoot for you follow that because if you can get it to work after the troubleshooting you're golden that's my, my suggestion. So the question was, if I disassemble a product, won't it void the warranty? Quick answer is yes. And But as I said before, that is a last resort. My first, first thing that I always want to do is try to have something covered by the manufacturer. That's the simplest way because I didn't make the product. I don't, I don't have the plant to do it. I don't have, I don't have the plans of what the, of all the little parts that go with that product. The manufacturer does. Let them fix it. That's what they do. So. Oh, this is a good one. I probably should start with this one, but I think this is a good question. Um, if they ask for proof of purchase, what do I do? All right. Some places are going to be sticklers about this. And what I mean by sticklers, I mean they're going to want some type of proof that you bought it from a particular store. Um, sometimes 
um, because it's become an issue, some manufacturers' warranties, um, they won't extend it if you buy it on Amazon from a third-party seller, things like that. Um, my suggestion is to find out where that product, the store that product was liquidated from. Then you can say, I think it came from such and such store. I don't have the receipt. You're not lying. You don't have the receipt. Okay. Um, I think we only had that problem one time. Seriously. And even then, there is normally a manufacturer's date on the product somewhere that they look for, whether uh, I don't, whether it be like on a little sticker or something like that. Um, so that may be when they say the clock starts for how long they're going to cover it. So tell the truth. You don't have to tell them the whole truth. You don't have to say, oh, I bought this off of a pallet. No, don't go that far. My first advice is to find out the store that it came from, which you should already know. Because if you have a relationship with, with your, your wholesaler, you should kind of already know where this is coming from. And if it's a well-known well-known brand that every box store had um, sells, or um, even if it's something that's sold exclusively at, at one particular store, you should know where it came from. And if you don't know that, it should be quite easy to find thanks to the internet. Again, if you happen to have a barcode, I, I, I use a barcode scanner, but search that barcode online, see where where you find that particular item at that light that item uh, listed and see where see what type of bigger national chain that that's that has that item. And you can say, I believe it came from such and such. Honestly, because a lot of things are done online now, they may not even ask this question. Um, I think that question comes up more if you call on the telephone. But a lot of places, because of you know staff shortaging, COVID, and all that other stuff, they have portals right on their websites that will walk you through what you should do to see if the warranty is going to be covered. And you can normally just follow that. So that's my suggestion. Um, I know the first time you do this, it's going to be a little scary because you are in you are in a territory of your reselling that you may not be comfortable with or that you yeah, just not just haven't done it yet. The first time is the hardest and then the second time will get easier and so forth and so forth. Just speak with confidence and you'll be fine. You know, especially with that question of proof of purchase. Who has all of their receipts from all their everyday purchases? I know I don't. If I needed to go, I needed to go to the store today to get some Valentine's Day stuff for my kid's class. I'm not keeping a receipt for that. I, while I was in there, I saw a cute pair of gloves. Said, you know, always use another pair of gloves. I got an ice scraper for my car. I'm not keeping a receipt for that. 
You know what I mean? Like some, unless like it's a big, big, big major purchase that I need to um, put on my taxes. Other than that, I'm not keeping the receipt. And they know that. They know how irresponsible us Americans are. <laughs> so I, to the person that wrote that, asking about that, you, you asked a lot, a lot, you put a lot more into that. But the gist of is what do I say when they ask for proof of purchase? That's all you say. I don't have the receipt. I believe we bought it at such and such place. Or you don't even have to use the word bought. You can say, I think we, I think it came from such and such place. That's really all you have to do. So that is some of the questions that, that I got. And I kind of hope that, that that's helpful for, for you guys. And that kind of sums up this category or this subject matter of dealing with damaged or broken inventory. And we will be right back after this. Shipping can be complicated and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be that way. Welcome to ShipStation, a web-based shipping software for online retailers. Import orders from wherever you sell and create labels for however you ship, all in one place. With our powerful automation tools, mobile app, and branded tracking page, you can focus less on shipping and more on growing your business. With ShipStation, you save both time and money. Let's get ship done. Get started with ShipStation today. Click the link in the description box to receive a special discount from ShipStation. And we're back. Welcome back to Resale Queen Chronicles. I am Tiffy T, the Resale Queen, your host. And now we're on to the segment of Reseller News. This is where I give updates about what's happening on different platforms in the reseller world. So I have a couple things to talk to you guys about. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen me, that I posted this article. And it's about sold by Amazon. Okay, so what does that mean? So if you happen to be an Amazon seller, you know what sold by Amazon means. It's that dreaded. <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that, but it's the truth. For me, it's the truth. You dread it. I know I do. I have because I have many, many, many times found myself a good product, kept getting my replenishments and getting myself going. And next thing you know, here come Amazon hopping on on the listing, making the price whatever they want. And of course, their stuff gets sold first, regardless of the price that you have. So I have I learned not to uh, what sort I want to say. I have learned not to settle with the Amazon price. I just let them sell out and then get my money when it's all done. And let that probably be the last time. Unless, of course, it sells quickly. It's all according to you guys. So I'm going to read what I have here. I think I posted an article from a different place, but I always like to use e-commerce bites uh, just because I like that they don't write a lot of stuff. Uh, see, Regulators have gone after third-party sellers on Amazon for engaging price fixing. But today, news comes from the Washington State's Attorney General. They went after Amazon itself with similar charges, asserting one of its programs violated antitrust laws. Amazon will shut down the sold by Amazon program nationwide and will pay $2.25 million to the Attorney General's office 
That's a drop in the bucket for Amazon, which will be used to support its antitrust enforcement, according to their press release. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. Uh, so, for example, um, if a seller and Amazon agreed to a $20 minimum payment and the item sold for $25, the seller would receive the minimum $20 minimum price and share the $5 additional profit with Amazon in addition to any fees. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so they're going to stop the sold by, well, it says they're going to shut down the sold by Amazon program. So I take that to mean it's, it's third, third party all the way. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to follow that because I will, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on that. So, all right. So next, keeping on the same subject matter of Amazon, just check and make sure we don't have any comments. Okay. Uh, I got something about this, but um, it's for old listings. So I didn't really care about it, but I'm going to tell you guys, um, uh, Amazon electronic sellers must add new RFD uh, attribute to listings. All right. So I'm going to read the article, then I'll talk about it. So sellers who list certain electronics on Amazon must revise their listings to comply with a new policy on radio frequency. The FCC radio frequency emission compliance attribute is now available for you to add your FCC compliance information to radio frequency devices that you offer for sale on Amazon. Amazon said that according to the FCC, almost all electronic or electrical products are capable of emitting radio frequency energy. Examples of products that are regulated by the FCC as RFDs include Wi-Fi devices, Bluetooth devices, radios, broadcast transmitters, signal boosters, and devices with cellular technology. Sellers have nearly five weeks to make sure they comply with the new policy. Amazon will remove ASINs that are missing required FCC information. Amazon noted the following. If you're listing a RFD for sale on Amazon in the FCC radio frequency emission compliance attribute, you must do the following. Provide evidence of FCC authorization consisting of either an FCC certificate number or contact information for the reasonable party as defined by the FCC. Declare that the product is not capable of emitting radio frequency energy or is not required to obtain an FCC RF equipment authorization. All right. So, all right. Some of you might say, I'm confused. All right. So, basically, it's a compliance issue when dealing with anything that can um, emit radio frequencies. So Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, radios, of course, broadcast transmitters, uh, transmitters, signal boosters, devices with cellular technology. Normally, and I'm saying normally because I know sometimes things are manufactured in other countries. Normally somewhere, somewhere, either on the box or inside the box, there is some little certificate that will explain or at least have that information that Amazon is looking for. If you can't find it, I would look for the manufacturer 
online to see if there is something online that they have. It's not going to be somewhere that is like flashing red in your face. You may have to search their site to get that information. Um, if you get it from um, like a wholesale source, let them know. I mean, I'll put it this way. Your wholesale source, they should know where you sell. So if they know that you sell on Amazon, they should be shipping that stuff with you. Right, right with your stuff. So that way that you have it. Um, I know for, for me, I used to order certain types of purses and they used to send with every shipment an authenticity record um, document that would come with all of my packages. So I had them. I never really needed them, but it was nice to have to know that if there was ever an issue, I can say, look what I got. This came right from my wholesaler. So if that's how you're getting the product, talk to your wholesaler. This should not be something new for them because your wholesaler should should know where you sell so they know the thought process of your business and they should be keeping up with what's going on on those platforms. So that's that information. Uh, next, um, Pinterest um, adds something to their shopping feature, which I'll read what it is and uh, go over it. So Pinterest announced a new shopping feature called Try On for Home Decor. Pinterest users can shop from numerous retailers using the feature, augmented reality, AR technology, this latest AR technology from Pinterest enables pinners to virtually place items from the U.S. retailers like Crate and Barrel, CB2, Walmart, West Elm, and Wayfair in their home using the Pinterest Lens camera and try before they buy, according to Monday's announcement. Okay, so a lot of other, um, I would say some, I have seen this type of technology. Um, actually, I personally have seen it um, with... Um, paint companies where you can take a picture of of the wall like of the room and you can like try on different colors and see what that looks see how that looks and gives you a realistic look of what that would look like in the room so this is kind of kind of a nice feature um, especially with their site uh, with Pinterest they they how can I put it it's nice to be able to kind of see what something would look like in your home and give help you with, you know, your design um, thoughts and processes. So that's a nice new little feature, you know. It's kind of nice, you know. We are in a time now where, you know, everything's kind of virtual. But when it's virtual and it's helpful, that's when it's nice. So I think that's a, a nice little cool thing to, and last but not least, uh, I actually just did this today, <laughs> went on eBay and got all of my tax information. So there's an article that was posted by e-commerce bites talking about how to get 2020, 20, excuse me, how to get 2021 eBay sales data to file your income tax. So actually, I kind of got a link to it on my seller's hub and that's where I went. <laughs> I don't honestly. Um, so it says, yeah, that's where I went. Seller's hub. So all your needed info, 
all of your needed information can now be found in your seller hub under the performance tab. Once you are on the performance tab, you just need to click sales on the left side of the screen and you will be able to select your sales data based on the length of time you wish to view. It can be searched by the day, week, month. Okay, so that shows you how to generate the report. Um, for me, I get 1099s. So um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of comment, it's a combination of both. So that's how to generate the generate the report uh, so that you know how much your sales are and things like that. However, I do get, um, I also got my taxes. So when I, when I want to, sorry, I just say my taxes. I also got my 1099 form. Uh, so when I went to sellers, seller hub this morning, I saw a link for, to show that my tax forms were available and went there, printed them out, looked at them and said, oh my. <laughs> It's going to be a rough year because oh, Uncle Sam going to get their money this year. I'll tell you that. So, so that is it for reseller news. I hope this was an informative and helpful um, broadcast for you guys. Um, as always, if you have any questions, feel you feel free to email me at resellqueen. Oh, excuse me, at info at resellqueen.com. I can be reached on any of the social medias. They should all be listed in the description box, whichever way you want to contact me. That is fine. Um, I try to respond or have someone else respond on my behalf. And I will make, you know, announcements for whatever is happening um, at that um, as time goes by. If I don't really send a lot of emails, but if you would like to, um, subscribe. You always subscribe to my emails. Go ahead and click on the subscribe um, to my to my uh, reseller news in my description box. I am not a person that likes to send out a whole bunch of emails. So you're not going to get more than two from me in a month. I know that's kind of not the way they say you should do do things, but I get irritated when I get a person's email all the time. And the only thing they're doing is re redirecting me to buy something or something of that sort. That irritates me. So I'm not going to irritate you and do the same thing. That's just me. Well, guys, this has been real. I really enjoyed this today. So I will see you guys again next week. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. You have a good one. Bye-bye.